namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Om namo bhagavate vasudevaya Shri Jagannatha Swami ki Shri Jagannath Snan Yatra Mahamohotsava ki Gopimanandi So today we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam Canto 6, Chapter 2 Ajamila delivered by the Vishnu Dutas Text number 4 Yat Yat Acharati Shrayan Itarata Sorry Itaras Tat Tad Ihate Sa Yat Pramanam Kurute Lokas Tad Anuvartate Yadiyada Charati Shrehan Itadasta Tadihate Sayat Pramanam Kurute Lokastaranuvartate Yadiyada Charati Shrehan Itadastata dihate Sayat Pramanam Kurute Lokastada Nuvatate Yat Yat Whatever Acharati executes Sreyan, a first-class man with full knowledge of religious principles. Itaraha, the subordinate man. Tat tat, that ihate performs. Saha. He, the great man, yat, whatever, pramanam, as evidence or as the right thing, kurute, accepts, lokaha, the general public, tat, that, nuvartate, follows. Sounds like a familiar verse. What verse does this sound like? Bhagavad Gita. Bhagavad Gita. What verse in Gita? Three point? Twenty-one. Three point twenty-one. 
the girls know, the four Kumaris, not the four Kumaras, four Kumaris, 321, yeah, almost exactly the same as the 3.21, but different, slightly different, and Prabhupada's translation is different. The mass of people follow the example of a leader in society and imitate his behavior. They accept as evidence whatever the leader accepts. Translation, please repeat. The mass of people, the mass of people follow the example of a, of a leader in society and imitate his behavior. They accept as evidence whatever the leader accepts. Can we turn it down a little bit? There's a bit of, of feedback coming through here. A bit of a ring. Thanks. Should a Prabhupada's purport? Although Ajamila was not punishable, the Yamadutas were insisting on taking him away to Yamaraj for punishment. This was a dharma, contrary to religious principles. The Vishnu Dutas feared that if such a religious acts were allowed, the management of human society would be spoiled. In modern times, the Krishna consciousness movement is trying to introduce the right principles of management for human society. But unfortunately, the governments of Kali Yuga do not properly support the Hare Krishna movement because they do not appreciate its valuable service. The Hare Krishna movement is the right movement for ameliorating the fallen condition of human society. And therefore, governments and public leaders in every part of the world should support this movement to completely rectify humanity's sinful condition. What does this word ameliorating mean? Ameliorating. From the context? I'll read the sentence. Sorry? Improve. Okay. To improve. Good. The Hare Krishna movement is the right movement for ameliorating the fallen condition of human society. To improve the fallen condition of human society. And therefore the governments and public leaders in every part of the world should support this movement to completely rectify humanity's sinful condition. Yananjana shalakaya chakshur militam yena tasmai sri gurave namaha sri chaitanya manopistam stapitam yena bhutale svayam rupakadamayam darati svaparantikam namasreshtam anumapi sachiputra matra svarupam rupam tasya grajam urupurim maturim goshtavritim Radha Kundagiriva Ramahora Dika Madhavasam Praptoya Sapatita Kripaya Sri Gurum Tam Natosmi 
Yariyarachartti shreyam nitarasthatarihete sayat pramanam kurute lokasthadanu vartate. The mass of people follow the example of a leader and in human society, in human society and imitate his behavior. They accept as evidence whatever the leader accepts. This is a very important point, principle of Krishna consciousness. And Srila Prabhupada gave a lecture on this verse, I think it was 1976 or something, 75, when he lectured on this verse. He, he mentioned that the first word he said is, this is a very important verse. And he's lectured on this principle many, many times. In, uh, and spoken on this principle many times in lectures, in conversations, in purports and commentaries, interviews. This is a very um, consistent theme that runs through Srila Prabhupada's teachings to us. That whatever standards the, the leader sets, the common man will follow. It's very um, essential to Prabhupada's teaching. Shreyan, the first-class men. What standards the first-class men who know the religious principles, what they set, establish, then the itadaha, the common men, the subordinates, they will follow that. They will follow that paramanam. They will follow that um, instruction, that standard, because of the great persons doing it. Great person's doing it, so we'll follow. That is um, a very important principle of Krishna consciousness and ideal character or ideal behavior. And Prabhupada came to, particularly here in Australia, in Melbourne, um, Korma Prabhu, he identifies this very um, consistent theme that Prabhupada had when he spoke lectures here. Um, in Melbourne in 72, 74, 75, 76 was about ideal human, uh, ideal character, establishing um, ideal human society through this human, this social structure. And Haribo. Um, She's all right. She just needed to be touched by her mother and she was quiet. So Prabhupada, he exemplified this ideal character. He was our leader, a um, great leader for human society. Many people came to see Prabhupada and many people were influenced by Prabhupada, even people that didn't become so-called initiated Hare Krishna devotees, they came and they became influenced by his, his association by being close to Prabhupada because he, was, he emanated this purity and this connection with Krishna through his purity. When Prabhupada was in the Kumbha Mela, hands up who's been to Kumbha Mela? Yes, Zana Mataji, Kumbha Mela? Ada Kumbha Mela or full Kumbha? Ada or Kumbha? I think it's 
There's half kumbha and there's full kumbha. Maha kumbha. Okay. So when Prabhupada went in 71, it was Ada kumbha, Mela. And um, it was in Prayag. And he took about 40 or 50 devotees with him. And, you know, in, at that time of the year, it's cold, right? In, um, in North, that part of India, especially, especially, it's cold. Around in UP, it can become very, very freezing. And um, it's, it's hard to go for a morning dip at 4 o'clock in the morning, 3 o'clock in the morning. And Prabhupada noticed that the devotees, Yamuna was recollecting in her, her diary that she kept at the time. She was staying there in the tents, staying in these big open tents and very austere conditions. And everything was damp because it's cold. Everything's damp all the time and you can't... The sun doesn't come through the clouds, you know, that kind of weather in, in Brindavan, in UP, where during the day the sun rises late and it and it's cloudy and the sun's never come through so you can't dry your clothes and um, you spend um, you put on dry damp you put on damp clothes and um, your moon especially if you're at the on the bank of the Triveni then it's very difficult there's no dryers there or or clotheslines or things like this uh, it's probably got some doby wallers there or something but the devotees are washing their cloth every day in the Triveni, somewhere in the Ganga or Yamuna, um, washing their cloth and um, hanging it for t to dry somewhat. So she was recollecting putting on damp clothes early in the morning or going down to bathe at 3 o'clock, 2.30 in the morning. She was very austere, Yamuna Devi. So she would get up early, 2 o'clock in the morning, to chant all of her japa. And she would go down to the river in the dark and you can imagine 1971, the, 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 you know, at Kumba, there's millions of people there, as there are now today. Millions of people go to this festival. And it's a festival on the, on the bank of the river where it's, it's just like a, it's sand. People, it's just a city of sand, a city on the sand. And you put up all these big tents and sleep there. And there's something happening 24-7. All day, somebody, somebody's speaking, somebody's chanting, somebody's doing standing on their head, somebody's doing something. All day, there's action, movement, right? In the at the Kumbh Mela, at any festival, particularly at Kumbh Mela, very, very exciting and colourful, and and you never know what's going to happen next festival, Kumbh Mela. So she was recollecting what was happening there, and Prabhupada had established a routine, like he did in the temple that there was Mangalati every day, 4.30 Mangalati. And a devotee was assigned to be Pujari. And he had to come, wake up earlier than everyone else and put on clean cloth and go to the tent and wake up the deities and, and prepare for Mangalati in the tent at the Kumbha. Kumbha Mali. So many devotees were coming, but many weren't coming. It was too cold. And so they were staying in their sleeping bag. It was freezing. You know, you imagine waking up in a tent have you stayed in a tent before? You wake up in a tent and it's middle of winter and it's freezing. So you just want to stay in your sleeping bag. You don't want to jump up and jump and get into a cold river and bathe in the cold river. So the devotees at three o'clock in the morning were thinking, nah, Prabhupada won't mind. It's, he'll understand. It's so cold, he'll understand. You know, we're Westerners, we can't handle it. 
So he noticed this. Prabhupada noted that devotees, some devotees weren't coming for the Mongolati at 4.30, particularly some of the leaders. And so the next morning, Prabhupada, after he noted this, that the devotees, the leaders weren't coming for Mongolati, uh, sleeping in, Prabhupada got up at 3 o'clock. He was already up at 3 o'clock, but he, he wasn't taking bath early in the morning. He was taking bath a bit later on in the day, and the devotees would warm some water for him. And he would take bath when the sun got when the sun came up. But this morning he got up at three o'clock in the morning and took a, a bucket, a cold bucket of water, and went out into the in, into the courtyard where the devotees had made a place where Prabhupada was, but in front of all the, the tents, and just had a cold bucket bath at three o'clock in the morning, and then put tilak and fresh cloth, and went to the temple and waited for all the devotees to come. <laughs> and when the devotees saw Prabhupada take cold bucket bath at three o'clock in the morning, the next morning, everybody was in Mongolati. <laughs> Nobody stayed in the, 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 the sleeping bag, because when they wake up, they're thinking, oh, Prabhupada's having a cold bath. How can I sleep in my sleeping bag? When Prabhupada, the, the Guru Maharaj, he's an older man and he's taking cold bath. So they, they got up. And they went to Mangalati, those devotees. So Prabhupada taught many, many, many things like this by his example in, in a subtle way. Instead of getting on everybody's case and telling you go to Mangalati, you have to go to Mangalati, you have to have a cold bath in the morning. He did it. And then because he did it, everybody else did it. Everybody else that was in the tent got up. All the men, all the women that were in the tent got up and took cold bath because Srila Prabhupada did it. This verse, you know, we have a purport from 3.21 on this verse, Yadyada Chariti Sreshtas. Um, and we have this purport and Prabhupada's lecture. So I was looking at the lecture of Prabhupada, I read the lecture a few times that Prabhupada gave on this particular um, section from the Bhagavatam, particular verse from Bhagavatam. And I noted a few points, essential points, and I wanted to find some points that were, were consistent. Of course, most all of Prabhupada's teachings are consistent, but what was the same in both the, the Bhagavad Gita purport and Prabhupada's lecture? So we could um, kind of hone in and, and give some sort of framework, some structure to the talk. And what came, what was striking was the fact of the, the point about the book Bhagavata and the person Bhagavata. And um, Prabhupada, in the lecture, Prabhupada mentions this, that the, the, the Krishna consciousness is established, religious principles are established by the example of the devotees. In the, there's a, the famous verse that Prabhupada often quoted was Mahajana Yenagata Sapanta. And the line before that is that dharmasya tadvam nihitam guhayam mahajana yenagata sapanta that the religious principles are hiding in the heart of the devotees. Real religious principles are there. And they're, they're gradually revealed to the devotees who come and take shelter, who, who take shelter and who serve 
the great Mahajanas, then we begin to imbibe and we begin to understand and we begin to realize what is religion by seeing that, what the Mahajanas do. And so Prabhupada quoted some of the great Mahajanas or some of the great kings, Rajarishis particularly, in previous times, King Rishabdev and how he was, um, he, he was a personality of Godhead, a Shaktivesh avatar, but he went to school, he went to Gurukula. And Prabhupada said he doesn't have to go to Gurukula, he's already God, he knows everything, but he went to school. He went to school to demonstrate that schooling is important, education is important. We have to learn from authorities. And he mentioned Prithu Maharaj, and um, like this Prabhupada mentioned different great personalities from Bhagavatam who are Mahajanas or who are great personalities that have religious principles that, that demonstrate for us what real religious principles are. And he said that it's no, we, we learn those principles, religion, from the person Bhagavata and the book Bhagavata. And the point that he's making is that the, the instructions are there, Pramanam is there in the Bhagavatam, in the Bhagavad Gita, in the books, Sruti, Smriti, Purana, Adi, and that we should act according to the Sruti and Smriti, according to the Vedic injunctions, we should act. And in this way we will, we will be more potent in our preaching. And that's, that's the, the, really the theme that Prabhupada was bringing out. That, and he, he mentioned that his devotee, one of his devotees said that, um, you know, his parents had commented that, that Prabhupada had done such an amazing job, at, um, such an amazing, achieved such an amazing feat at encouraging so many West, young Western boys and girls who were addicted to all sorts of intoxication and, and all sorts of um, nefarious activities before they came in contact with Prabhupada, that they gave them up and they became transformed. They became effulgent, they became lively. Prabhupada gave them life. And um, Prabhupada was very kind of, he, he often quoted that, 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 that Boston, he said in Boston, one priest had come to him and, and, and congratulated him on what a great job he'd done, that he'd, he'd, he'd been able to encourage these um, young boys and girls to, to take to Krishna consciousness and become, to God consciousness and become effulgent it's on their faces. And he also would refer to Professor Judah, Dr. Judah, the one professor who was a sociologist who, who also commented on the devotees, how they became transformed by their, their character became transformed by association with devotees, by association with Srimad Bhagavatam. That is um, a very powerful and potent uh, process, that it's tangible. It, it's, you can see that change, the transformation in devotees, the before and the after. So that was one thing that Prabhupada mentioned in both, that, that, and, and that these principles had to be taken on by the leaders of society. He mentions this in many places, in Evam Parampara Pratam, in the, in the beginning of the fourth chapter of the Gita. And Prabhupada says that it is incumbent upon the leaders of, of society and, and, and the, head, the heads of state and the leaders of all planets in the universe 
not just the heads of state here, you know, the United Nations, but the, the leaders of all the planets in the universe to understand this philosophy, to learn the philosophy and to, to preach it and, and to make sure that the, their projects, their dependents um, are secured by this philosophy, are, are living by this philosophy, living by this culture of Krishna consciousness. That was, that was another consistent point that Prabhupada made in both, in the lecture, in the purports. And um, he mentions about leaders of society, how the, the, the leaders should take to Krishna consciousness. And if they don't take to Krishna consciousness, then, um, like here he says that, that the Vishnu Dutas feared that if such a religious acts were allowed, the management of human society would be spoiled. And so the leaders have to take to Krishna consciousness. We want leaders to be exposed to the principles of Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada said many, many times. And in the early 70s, a, devotees, a couple of devotees in America were, they were running for election for government. Balavantapabhu and a couple of devotees were running for election in the state of Atlanta. And some devotees here in Australia heard about this, that they were running for election. They thought, that would be a good idea. Why don't we run for election? That was um, Sabhavati Prabhu, one of the founders of our Australian Yatra, Sabo, Sabhavati Prabhu. And um, Charu Prabhu, who's, he and his wife were, were one of the founders of this temple, and they, his wife designed the arches and the columns and did all the decoration here. Vaibhavi Mataji, and painted that painting over there. Maybe painted this painting. Vaibhavi. So Charu Prabhu and um, Sabhavati Prabhu, they thought, let's run for parliament in Melbourne. This was in 1974. And um, Prabhupada encouraged them. They wrote to Prabhupada and said, what do you think if we run for a seat in parliament? Prabhupada said, yeah, it's a good idea. We need devotees in the, in the, in the, in the house. So they, they put together their um, campaign and they had three, it was a three-pronged campaign. They were promoting, they wanted promoting ideal character, yat yat acharati sreshtas, that was their main thing. First one was ideal character, the leaders should have ideal character. The leaders shouldn't smoke and drink and, and engage in illicit activities and, and go to the races and things like that. The leaders should be ideal character, first one. The second one was education, to educate people, the mass of people in Krishna consciousness, of course. And the third one was environmental. So they were quite um, ahead of their time, you can say, 1974. Not many people were thinking about environmental issues. So they came up with this three-pronged campaign and they, their campaign was very unique. Not like, you know, and it was, was fairly underfunded, of course, and it was unique in many ways. And one of the, their main ways that they, they promoted themselves in their campaign, their marketing, you can say, their marketing management, was Harinam. So they went out with banner that In God We Trust, their party was called the In God We Trust. You know how you have the Freedom Party now? Freedom, and you have Liberal and Labour and the Greens and 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 you know 500 other ones now but it was but then it was liberal and labor pretty much and in god we trust 
that was their, 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 the name of the party was In God We Trust, and they had the banner, and they would go up and down Ligon Street, because they were going for, Sabaudipu was going for this seat. He was, he was contesting this seat, which was a, called a blue ribbon seat for Labour Party in, in Melbourne, north of Melbourne. Every, everyone around there, Carlton, Fitzroy, Brunswick, you, no one's going to win this seat, only Labour, forever, for 100 years, a Labour seat. Every time, they win every time. So you can't beat them. It's a blue ribbon seat called. That was, and the, the person they were, they were contesting against was one of my neighbours, actually. <laughs> I just found out. His name was Mr Innes. Um, anyway, that's beside the point. The point is that the way that they campaigned was with Hari, Harinam Sankirtan, and they were going for ideal character of leadership. And they, they went up and down Ligon Street, and around Carlton, because they knew the area as well. Many devotees came from that area. Shakaharis and Genevieve's and Tiamos and all that area around Carlton, Ligon Street. And so they would, they would go out, Korma Prabhu describes this in detail in the Great Transcendental Adventure. So they would go in front of all these places and stop and, and make their presentation. So Babipu would get up on a pedestal and make his speech about ideal character and people would clap and say, yeah, yeah, these governments are useless and, and supporting because a lot of, you know, alternative people there, students and left-wing people and kind of underground people and musicians and artists and, you know, bohemian sort of people around that part of Melbourne at that time, anyway, in the 70s. And then he told about education and then he told about his, um, his vision for the environment. So they liked that. And um, then they would distribute Simply Wonderfuls. <laughs> so they get, they would get a crowd, they would do the kirtan in front of all these different places, outside the cafes and outside the, the um, different places. And then they would distribute Simply Wonderfuls. And Kormapu mentions that in, the, in his book that most of their, the, the funding, the campaign funds went to the ingredients for Simply Wonderfuls. <laughs> So they spent most of their money on butter and, and um, sugar and milk powder. That was their, their campaign funds went to that. And they got some votes. They got 1% of the votes. They got 500 and something votes, 539 votes. And they were a bit dis discouraged, of course, and they sent the result to Prabhupada. And Prabhupada was very happy. He said, you know, that this is um, 539 people who voted for Krishna. That's, that's a great result. 539 people voted for Krishna and the first time in, ever in your country that they voted for Krishna. So don't be discouraged. And Prabhupada, you know, he would fan anything, you know, 1% of the vote and say it was a good result, no problem. So that was our first and only attempt, I think, to run for government. Um, but Sabhavitpur was responsible for bringing many, many leaders of society to see Prabhupada. And Prabhupada, you, you know, we have so much historical video footage of Prabhupada talking to many leaders here in Melbourne um, and in different parts of Australia, in Sydney and in Perth. But particularly here, many leaders came to speak to Prabhupada. And one of the leaders, you know, we had the Archbishop come and we had so many important people came to speak to Prabhupada and um, one of the leaders that came was the director of the social welfare department for, for the government and he's, uh, he's like Kormapuru 
um, describes him as an immaculately dressed, you know, elderly gentleman, balding elderly gentleman. And um, you see in the video, you can see the, the interaction with Prabhupada and this person, and it's quite lengthy. And it, it takes various different kind of detours along the way. But Prabhupada was very strong in trying to establish ideal society and how to establish an ideal society through ideal character. And that the, that the, leaders, that the leaders should be ideal characters and that they're not ideal characters. And Prabhupada was, you know, really getting into it with him. And um, fine, at one stage, Prabhupada sort of turned the, the, the discussion. He wasn't really seeming to accept so much what Prabhupada was presenting. And the Prabhupada said, you know, the, the leader shouldn't engage in illicit sex. And that really shook him, you know, the director. His, his name was Mr. Moore. And he was like, why not? Why shouldn't he do that? You know, what's, what's, the, what's the big problem with that? And then they get onto this big dialogue, what, what's wrong with it? And he says, I do that with my wife every night. And, it, and, you know, he's an elderly man. And he was going on and on and on. And when he left, Prabhupada was, you know, disgusted, of course, and said, just see, you know, he's the leader of your country. One of the leaders, you know, he's a public servant and he's carrying on like this, that he, he has to, because, he has to do it because he, he wants to enjoy with his wife unlimitedly, unrestrictedly. And therefore, the, the common people follow. If that's what the leaders do, if that's what they think is important, if that's what they support, they encourage, um, then everybody will do, everybody will follow. Just like today in, in marketing, particularly in digital marketing, the big catchword is the influences. Right? You heard about influences? No doubt. You want to get your product out there to the market or you want to, you want to make a, a splash out there in YouTube world or in, on Facebook or on TikTok or whatever it is, Insta, then you've got to get connected with some influencers, right? Some, some pretty cool influencers who have a similar kind of a, um, approach, to, you know, similar um, focus that you have. So you seek out those influencers and try to get them to promote to promote you and your product or your, your concept or your ideas. So it's a very well-known principle, whatever the influence are doing, all the common men, all of them will follow. They'll follow because, wow, the important people are doing that. This sportsman is doing that. He's wearing this jacket with whatever on it. So many you know, sponsorships that you see in all the sports events and everything like that. That's to promote a product because through, through the important people, through the leaders of society, through our cricketers and through our footballers and through all the sports heroes and champions promoting so that everybody else will follow. In the um, Chaitanya Charitamrita, this is a very consistent theme about ideal character and about being before you preach, you have to become an ideal person. Before, not before you preach, but you become ideal by preaching and you shouldn't, we shouldn't be hypocrites and say one thing and do another thing. That's the main thing. We shouldn't do one thing and, and say another thing. So, um, Advaita Acharya was praying for the appearance of, 
of Chaitanya Mahaprabhu for God to come to this material world and to do something about the materialistic condition of Nabadweep, of, of, of Nadia and of the world, the materialistic condition of the world. And he was saying the only way that we could influence the people in the world is by encouraging Lord Chaitanya to come and teach Bhakti himself, Apaniyachari, that he should, he should act through, by himself acting, he would teach everybody. Shika Musabare. But Mahaprabhu would come to this material world. Um, in Advaita Acharya's one was Karana Pracha. That Apaniyachari jive karane pracha that all living entities will be influenced by Chaitanya Mahaprabhu's pracha because of his acha, because of his practice because of who he is because of what he does what he stands for bhakti, pure bhakti in the Sanatana Dharma and you'll, you'll hear these words many times in the Chaitanya Charitamrita apani achari that um, bhakti Shikamusabhari or Bhakti, um, to teach Bhakti by his example. He will come to the material world to teach Bhakti. Or the, the devotees are teaching Bhakti by their character. Haridas Thakur is teaching by his character. And that is um, a really important um, point in teaching in the Chaitanya Charitamrita. And it said that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu stayed in in Jagannath Puri for 18 years and in those years he, he taught devotees devotional principles by his behavior. That, that is the um, Krishna's Kaviraj Goswami's um, present, uh, introduction to Chaitanya Mahaprabhu into the Madhya that Chaitanya Mahaprabhu taught bhakti by his example what he did by his behavior, ideal behavior. So today we're celebrating Lord Jagannath's Nanyatra and this Nanyatra is, is an event that has happened for who knows how long, eternity you can say, some, something like that because it's very difficult to put a historical point when the worship of Lord Jagannath began like the, the temple began and things like that. And they tried to, archaeologists and anthropologists have tried to, but we understand from, from the Puranas and from the histories, from the Vaishnava histories, the Vedas, that the worship of Jagannath is eternal. And Jagannath particularly is a very unique form of Krishna, as we know. He just looks unique the way he is, with his big round eyes. And it's said that, that Jagannath one of the special points about Lord, aspects of Lord Jagannath is that those big round eyes, they never close. They never sleep, Lord Jagannath. He's got no eyelids, right? He doesn't close his eyes, ever. So he stays awake and, and King Unjujuna Maharaj, he, 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 made a, he prayed to Lord Jagannath when Lord Jagannath was appeared that Lord Jagannath would give his darshan for all day. He could have three hours rest if he wanted. So Lord Jagannath, he has darshan, he gives darshan to the devotees practically all day, until midnight. Until midnight there's something happening in the Jagannath temple. And then Jagannath's woken up at three o'clock. 
in the morning, 3, 3.30 in the morning, for his um, for morning bath and, and nantadavanam, for brushing his teeth and for cleaning his tongue. He had a tongue scraper. They offer a tongue scraper to Jagannath in the morning and a stick for cleaning his teeth and, and preparing, bringing in some nice water to bathe him and prepare him for his day's activities early in the morning, before, before Mangalati, before the 4.30. And it said in those three hours between 12 o'clock and 3 o'clock in the morning, the demigods come. And so he gives the darshan to the demigods in the deity room at that time. Nobody can see him, just the demigods are there and they take their darshan of Jagannath and they go and then the pujari comes and wakes him up. So 24 hours a day he's awake, he's worshipping, you know, he's, he's, he's there and he's giving his blessing with his big eyes. And it said that the red around, the black, around Jagannath's eyes, he's got red there, so is Baladev and so is Subhadra. If you see they have a red around their eyes, it means that they're, they're full of compassion, full of mercy. If somebody's merciful, then they'll, they'll have some tears in their eyes, feel compassion, and some red will come there. So Lord Jagannath has big round black eyes that never close, and he's in, smiling at everybody, and he's full of compassion, and his arms are outreached like this. He's doing outreach preaching. Always, he wants to bring people to Krishna consciousness, embrace the whole universe. His name is Jagannatha, means the Nata of the jag of, of the universe, Jagat, Jagatnatha, Lord of Universe. And so, he's he's indiscriminately wants people to come to him. And to do this, he has many many festivals, many veshas, many forms that he appears in during the year, and he has many festivals, like many deities that we know have many festivals, like we have so many festivals here, and that we follow in our temple. And one of, them, one of the special ones is Nanyatra, and Ratayatra, and Gopanima, um, and many other festivals. So in this um, particular um, festival of Snanyatra, that's in Ratayatra, Lord Jagannath and Snanyatra, these two main festivals in Puri. Jagannath is a huge deity. He's massive, right? Massive and very, very heavy. Heavy, heavy, heavy deity. So, you know, it's not like that, that Yanasamudra Prabhu and Bhakti Mahaprabhu can lift up Jagannath and take him upstairs. Not like that. He'll crush the stairs. He'll just, the staircase will bang. It will be finished if they tried. If, if somehow we got him up there, it would, he wouldn't be able to be stand. We wouldn't be able to stand the um, intensity of Jagannath's body, the spiritual intensity, but the weight, the mere weight of his body. So many, many devotees have to come and lift him, and they take him off the altar. He's the only deity in the whole of India or the world who the the Mula Murti. The, the real deity, the full deity, comes for that festival, for Ratya. Not the not the Mahatsav Murti, not the not a deity for for the festival, a temporary deity, Vijay Murti, but the Mula Murti comes off the altar. Like we don't take um, Radha Balabha for Julan, bring Radha Balabha off the altar and do Julan. 
We don't do that because they're there and any it's dangerous and things like that. We bring Chota Radha Krishna off the altar and we do festival with Chota deities. Or in Sri Rangam they don't take Ranganathji off the altar. <laughs> How can you take Ranganathji off the altar? So they have a special Mahotsav deity and he comes out and they have festival. They have 350 festivals a year. So they don't, but they can't take the deity off the altar. But Jagannath comes off the altar for snan, to the Snan Vedi, for Snan Yatra, and for Rata Yatra. He comes off and he gives his mercy to, some, to everybody, anybody who wants his mercy. They come and they bathe the Lord, and it said anybody can actually embrace Jagannath at that time. Prushottam Raj, who's, who's born and bred in Orissa, he, he said, any, if, you get, if you're in the right place at the right time, you can embrace Lord Jagannath during the Ratiyatra festival. And some of our ISKCON devotees have done that. And that is Lord Jagannath's special, you know, during the year he's worshipped by very high class Brahmanas, Pakka Brahmanas. But during the time of his Anavasara, during the time when after, from the Snanyatra and after to the beginning of the Ratiyatra, He's worshipped by the Sabharas, who are low-class people. They're not high-class Brahmanas. They're even, Prabhupada says, they're not even considered to be in, in the caste system. They're outside the caste system. But they come in to worship Jagannath at that time. And they look after him. When he's sick, when you're sick, who looks after you? Your mother, your, your parents look after you. Someone very close and intimate looks after you. Not the next-door neighbor or anybody looks after you. Only someone very close and intimate looks after you. So Jagannath has this intimate relationship somehow with the Sabharas and brings them in and they look after him. Not the big Brahmanas, the Paka Brahmanas that worship in Jagannath temple, but the Sabharas come and they bring Lord Jagannath back to good health because of their affection for Lord Jagannath. And they do all sorts of rituals during that time to bring Lord Jagannath back to his youthful-looking state, fresh and healthy state, so that he can board the, so they can get him onto the Ratakat, and so that they can perform the the Ratiyatra festival. So the Snanyatra is very, very special and unique. And and after Snanyatra, what happens after Snanyatra festival? What happens after we've bathed Lord Jagannath? He becomes sick. What happens before that? Panihati. That's here. In Melbourne we have Panihati. That's the mercy of Melbourne Temple. But that's not a traditional. That Panihati happens at a different time in the year, generally. But what happens after bathing? Hati Vesh. Hati Vesh. He puts on a special Vesh. What is Hati? Elephant, right? He puts elephant... Um, trunk on. And Lady Subhadra has a? a lotus. She puts a nice lotus on and Jagannath and Balaram have this this um, elephant trunk. They look like elephant. And the reason why for that is according to tradition and, and Bhakti Pushatamaraj he has spoken on this many times about a Brahmana from Karnataka from South India, and he, he, his concept of the Param Brahma was 
Ganeshji. His concept of the Supreme Lord is, and he's a very pure bhakta, is that the Lord has this elephant trunk. And he was going to go from Karnataka to Orissa for this, he read in the Puranas, he read that, that there's this Snanyatra happening, they have this very special festival, and if you go there, you get liberation. And he thought, all right, he will get, go for liberation. And he left his family and he left everything. He said, I'm not coming back to home. I'm just going to go there, see Lord Jagannath and get liberation. Means I'm just going to go to another, to, to the spiritual world. So on his way there, he arrived at the Antaranala. He entered into this part of Jagannath Puri where it says when anybody enters into there, then they don't take birth again, just by entering into this, the precinct of Jagannath Puri. So he arrived there and he was resting. And many people were coming back from the temple, from the Snanyatra, with baskets of prasadam. In, in Puri you get baskets of prasad, big baskets of prasadam. So they were coming back with baskets of prasadam and, they, and saying, where are you guys, what are you doing? You know, where are you coming from? They said, we came from Snanyatra. And they said, nah. He's saying, you can't come from Snanyatra. If you went to Snanyatra, you, you would have been liberated. How can you come back? You should be liberated. So they said, no, we, we did. We went there and Jagannath was, is getting bathed and he's still getting bathed. You go there and see for yourself. And they said, well, that's not the Param Brahma. It's different. There's a different God you're worshipping. Must be. So he saw more people ask the same question. They said the same thing. He said, no, well, you people are bogus. You're worshipping wrong God. You don't know. So he said, all right. They said, no, you go there and see for yourself. Now, Jagannath is Krishna, he's God, he's in the heart. So he knows what's happening for this Brahmana from Karnataka. So he appears there as a Brahmana. And he says to him, just go there. Like, don't, don't, listen, don't worry what these people are coming back with. They come back for, for whatever reason, they're going back to their house. Don't worry about them. You go there and see, see the Parambrahma for yourself, with your own eyes. So he went there and he didn't see elephant. He didn't see Ganeshji. He didn't see any elephant on Jagannath. And so he got very disappointed, didn't even offer obeisances to Jagannath. And he left. And then Krishna again sent a Brahmana and said, bring him back so he can... He, he understood. He wants to see me in my elephant form. All right, let him see me in my elephant form. So he brought the, the, the Brahmana went to him and said, no, no, don't go back now. Don't be disappointed. He has got an elephant. You just didn't see properly. He does have an elephant mask on. He's, got an, he's an elephant form of God, Parambrahma. So he, he encouraged him, dragged him back. And he saw, he went to see Jagannath offer obeisances. And he saw Lord Jagannath on the altar with a big elephant mask, a big elephant form. And so he thought, well, this is Parambrahma. And he offered his full dandavats. And he made a prayer to the Lord. And he said that, that you know, he, was, he wanted to get liberation. He came for liberation. He, didn't want, he doesn't want to go back home with baskets of prasad. He wants liberation. So he wanted to get liberation. And he said that, and before that he said, Let every, on, every time that the Lord takes to the Snanvedi, every time he comes for Snanyatra, then he, that day he will take this elephant form. He'll appear, Parambrahma will appear as, as Ganeshji in the elephant form. And then, and then he said also, 
I will take liberation. <laughs> so he didn't go back home. He didn't have to buy any Mahaprasad. He just, they said, the tradition says that he entered directly into the Lord. They, they saw him physically merge into the, his spirit, his body, his spirit soul entered into the form of, of Lord Jagannath and his nan in his, um, sorry, in his Hativesh. So that is not the only Vesh. Lord Jagannath has many, many Veshas. And you'll, you'll see here for Ratayatra, that day when we first see Lord Jagannath, it's on our calendar at the moment. You can see that um, beautiful form of for, an, for a few more days on the December month of the calendar. That form of Jagannath with all of his um, weapons, club, uh, Balaram with his club and his, his um, Lord Jagannath with his, he's got a conch and a, a lotus, I think. Is it a lotus he's got in that? Chakra, chakra. He's got a chakra and a, and, um, a conch. And Lord Balaram has a club and a plow. Yeah. They look very beautiful. So he has many, many forms. This is like the Shonavesh, a gold form. Lord Jagannath comes in gold form. And his Lord Jagannath, you know, why they have so much prasadam there and why everybody that goes there says prasadam, you have to take prasadam from Jagannath Puri. There are 5,000 cooks. Imagine 5,000 cooks. How many cooks do we have here? Five, ten? Full-time cooks, I mean. So, 5,000 cooks, and every day 1,000 cooks will come for, for their service. And many people, there's three levels of cooks. The main cook on the stove, they have 750 stoves. We're proud of our stoves. You know, we think we got $500,000 donation from the government and we have state-of-the-art stove. Look at our stove. Our, our stove comes, you can lift it up and you can do many things with it and it's very great. But Jagannath has 750 of them, 750 stoves. And um, they're made in a special way. And, and Jagannath's cooking is done in a very, very special, unique way with pots. Um, special clay pots and brass pots and different pots, and there are there are cooks that help to to bring you know bring the water in and to to cut the vegetables. They're on the outside, the ones who are cutting the vegetables, and then there's cooks that help the cooks inside. So it's a fest. It's a big festival in itself. They do a yagya every morning in the kitchen in Jagannath Puri. They do a yagya at 8:30. They do a yagya to to purify the place to make sure everything's going to work out right for the day. They take their sankalpa and they all come, all the cooks come ready for their day service, for the seva. So it's a very, very um, special temple in many, many ways, the Jagannath Mandir. And Prabhupada was, another aspect of Prabhupada's brilliance was to first establish Jagannath deity worship. In Iskon, first deity in Iskon, you can say the first deity that was worshipped in Iskon was Jagannath. There was a deity that appeared before Jagannath, but Jagannath was the first deity that was worshipped in Iskon. And um, the worship was very simple. Like the, our Jagannath deity here was installed by the devotees when, when 
Lord, when Gorni Tyra installed in 1975, then um, the devotees were saying, well, Prabhupada, you know, could do an installation for Jagannath. And Prabhupada said, Jagannath's already installed. He was installed at Ratiatra, installed on Swanson Street. He, he, no formal installation. Like Radha Balaba and, and Chota Radha Balaba, they're installed, you know, but with proper installation. Um, but Jagannath is installed by festival, Kirtan, Ratha Yatra's installation. And Prabhupada did that in many places, in Auckland, in New Zealand. He installed these wonderful deities of Gornitai, Radha Krishna, and Jagannath, I think in 12 different temples in the world. So we'll finish here. Any questions or comments? Yes. Oh, Mike? You have Mike? Thank you, Prabhuji. So, so Prabhuji, you had said that um, uh, Jagannathji accepts, uh, has his hand stretched out to accept the devotees in Krishna consciousness. So, at the same time, why does he have weapons in his hands? Good question. Why does Jagannath have weapons in his hands if he accepts everybody into Krishna consciousness? Very good question. <laughs> well, yeah, you have an answer for that? Question, do you have an answer? No? Okay, I'll try and um, respond to that first and then we can hear it some more questions. One of the reasons why Lord Jagannath has them is because he has to establish dharma. And sometimes to establish dharma, not everybody wants to become Krishna conscious. Not everybody accepts the order of the Supreme Lord. Not everybody will savaraman parityaja. Not everybody is willing to accept the, the Lord's mercy. And so sometimes when th there are people who go against the principles of religion, they have to be corrected with the danda. You know what danda is? With the, with the stick. They have to be corrected with the stick. And because of that, the Lord has weapons. And you'll hear in the, in the Srimad Bhagavatam, in the, in the 19th chapter, in, in the, at the end of the first canto of the Bhagavatam, You'll hear how Prakshit Maharaj um, encountered the Kali Yuga, Kali Yuga, the beginning of Kali Yuga, and um, his exchange with this king, so-called king, who was killing the cow, and then he he was ready to cut him, cut off his head with his sword, and then they have this exchange. So it said that the the ideal king is willing to to act with with violence to establish real religious principles. But in Kali Yuga, it's different. In Kali Yuga, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu doesn't come with those weapons. So we never, you never have a darshan of Lord Chaitanya with a chakra and, and, and like this. Lord Chaitanya's weapon is Harinam. You'll see Lord Chaitanya with, with kartal or with, um, and sometimes maybe you can use a kartal as a weapon, but with kartal and with mardanga. 
and is changing the hearts of the sinful living entities. But in other yugas, weapons are required. Yes. Hare Krishna Prabhuji, thank you for the class. My question is that um, when Hati Vesha appears of Lord Jagannath, so um, is it a separate deity or do they actually carve Lord Jagannath into Hati Vesha? Thank you for that. I was, uh, uh, the thought also entered my mind, you know, when I was speaking. And, uh, and I kind of tripped a few times saying that it's a, the Vesha or it's the Ganapati, but it's actually a Vesha, it's a form that's put on top of the deity. Because the, the making of the Jagannath deity is a very long process. And it doesn't happen regularly, but every, uh, there's a cyclic, every now and then they change the deity in the temple. And to find that, they have to find a special tree for that deity. And that tree has to have four branches or something, four branches, I think. And it has to be dark colored, shama colored, like red colored tree. And it has to have, have to have some birds nesting in it and a snake hole near it and needs to be near a crematorium. Many, many things. It has to, there has to be a lot of um, checkpoints on it before it can be used for carving Jagannath. And then Balaram has to be a different, with three branches, and Subhadra, etc. So different color, different places, on the side of a river, not in a river. Not, so it's very, um, you can't just quickly run out and pick a tree up like that and carve the deity into Jagannath. I mean, Krishna can do anything, of course. But they have special veshas for, for festivals. He, has a, he comes as Lord Ramchandra. Ramchandra Vesha, he comes as many, many. In, in Auckland, in New Zealand, he comes as, um, we have another one that he comes as Nishingadev. He has, he has Hiranyakashipu on his, on his legs. Lord Jagannath comes as Nishingadev. And uh, Lord Balaram has Pralambasura. We have, they have a few different Veshas there in Auckland. So in Puri, they have many. So they're just, additions, add-ons for the day, for the festival. Was that the same question? <laughs> Aradya? No? Gaurangi? You don't have, okay. Good. Rachandrabhu. <laughs> Hare Krishna Bo. Hare. Um, so with all the different forms of the Lord, different <coughs> incarnation of the Lord, we see there is a, there are different Vaikuntha planets for them. Uh, when it comes to, I ask this question regarding uh, Mayapur, because like we have Golak Vrindavan, the topmost Vaikuntha planet. So I was uh, told in the class that. There, along with the Golok Vrindavan, there is the Mayapur planet also in Golok Vrindavan. So when it comes to Lord Jagannath, so if some devotees, they have Ishtadeva as Jagannath, and then uh, they worship him all the time. So where, is, like, where do we see 
like Jog- Lord Jagannath will have a separate Vaikuntha planet or uh, is it along with the Golok Vrindavan because it's it's um, um, because it has a because it's not only the awe and reverence uh, with Lord Jagannath, it's more of the personal relation with Jagannath. So, when we talk about <coughs> other incarnations, Vaikuntha planets, there's more of the awe and reverence uh, and opulence is there. So, where do we? Where is the devotee who's having Ishtadev as Lord Jagannath? They are situated in uh, in their destination for the spiritual world. Very good question. I I couldn't answer the question. Um, Maybe Gopal Vindeshpur could, but he just left. Uh, yeah, Prabhu, you know? Prabhuji, yes, Prabhuji. I, I would like to answer Prabhu's yeah, question. Please, go ahead. Uh, it is in a Dwarka, Prabhuji. In Dwarka? Dwarka, because th- this, this pastime happened in Dwarka, so uh, it is Jagannath's Istatevya's Prabhu's question. It could be, it is in a Dwarka, Dham. Like we have Ayodhya, Dham, Dwarka, Dham, Madhra, Dham, and then Golaka, Dham. Okay. So it is in Dwarka, Dham. Okay. We can see Jagannath in Dwarakata. Yeah, it makes sense because his, um, there is that um, opulence and that's the whole pastime, isn't it? When Lord Jagannath comes off the, off the altar for the Ratiyatri, he's to Gunditri, he's going to Vrindavan. But then he's dragged back, Harapanchami, he's dragged back by Lakshmi to come back to the altar in in Jagannath Puri, so it, thank you for makes sense. Yes, Mike. Hi, Krishna Prabhu. Uh, this story about Hathivesh is very intriguing. That um, that the Lord would accept the form of Ganesh, which is like demigod to please the devotee. We know that demigod worship is not superior to Vishnu worship. So this Brahman, this devotee, was he aware that Lord Vishnu was the Supreme Lord or not? Appar- apparently he was. Apparently he, Bhakti Pushtamraj says that in the beginning he says that he was a, a devotee of Sri Hari, um, but he had some conception of Parambrahman as, as Ganesh. His name was Ganapati, Ganapati Bhatta. So he has some. Um, whoa, that was a good one. He has some. Um, con- he has a concept that Parambrahman is is um, is Sri Hari, but for some reason he worships this form, Ganesh. Maybe he will, goes through Ganesh to get to to Sri Hari. It's possible. Yes, bro. Mike, 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 Mike. Hare Krishna, bro. Uh, Pranam. Prabhu, on the, in the same, on the same question, many in India, they see that, they don't see difference between demigods and the Lord. They see that, you know, the Lord is one and then he's in different forms. And um, so in this case, he's just seeing form as just one, one, one kind of a form of the Lord. 
like he knows only Lord, but he's seeing the Lord in one form. Either it can be in a demigod form or in any other form. So, the, is that right? Is that, so, but Lord has been very merciful to him to show him in the Ishtadeva form that the devotee wants. So, he's, he's actually worshipping the Supreme Lord, but in a different form. Is that, is that a valid thing to do? Because he's not seeing a demigod as a separate entity, but he's seeing that Supreme Lord as just one of the forms. The problem, yeah, it's also an interesting point. The problem is that we can't see the demigods as equal to Krishna, the Supreme Personality of Godhead. We can't see them equal to or independent of the Lord. That's one of the nama apparatus um, that, that will that will hinder our bhakti, it will, it will slow things down for us in, in our development of bhakti, is to consider Lord Brahman, Lord Shiva and Ganeshji and different demigods, Varunaji, Vayu, to be um, on the same level as Krishna. Um, so, and, and you rightly said that many people have that concept that whatever god, you know, there's so, so many gods and they're all one. And it doesn't matter, and that you'll get the same destination. But, but we have, you know, consistently here from the shastra that you don't get the same destination. Who you worship, that's where you go. Yanti deva varda devan, pitrin janti pitri varja. So, if you worship Krishna, yanti mam yajino piman. If you worship Krishna, you go back to Krishna. But if you worship demigod, you go to a demi to the demigods. Um, and if you worship the Pitris, you go to Pitri Loka. Um, so um, it, there is distinction, and and in this lecture, actually, on this verse, Prabhupada mentioned that that there are many gods, so-called gods, and he says that in India, um, many people claim to be God, also Bhagawan, with ugly face. He said. We worship God with a beautiful, smiling face, but many there are, he's, he's referring to as some some personality in India. He says he's coming, you know, he's got many followers, but he's he's got, you know, he's just a normal person with ugly face. He says, <laughs> so there are many, many different people who think they're God for a start, and then many people who wrongly th consider demigods to be supreme gods. But this is, seems to be some kind of a unique case. This Ganapati um, Brahmana from Karnataka has, because in the introduction, Maharaj, Bhaktivishnu Maharaj mentions that he is actually a, a bhakta of Hari. So it's maybe like the, the gopis worship Katyayani or, or, or d different times you'll read in the Krishna book where there's worship of Shiva or there's worship of, of demigods. But it's to to connect with Krishna. It's it's not for um, specifically to to get benedictions or to please the demigods or the demigoddesses. So um, yeah, it's an interesting tattva, maybe. Yes, Karangi. Yes.
in the story when they say that rohini mata told the stories about krishna when he was young to all the wives of krishna in dwarka at that time subhadra devi was kept as a guard on the door so they would don't come krishna and ram and then when they put their ear to the door and they were listening all the stories their form became jagannath and baladev but subhadra's form also became subhadra devi only but subhadra devi does not have any hands but jagannath and baladev have short hands so why does not subhadra have even hands okay that's a question for haribo Bhakti Maan Prabhu just saved me. He said, I have to finish class. <laughs> hey, time for breakfast. Yeah, otherwise you're not going to make it for the bathing time. Okay, so if you, to, to get the answer for that question, you have to ask Bhakti Maan Prabhu. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>